0: You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Well, episode 121. My voice still sounds like garbage. <laughs> I was going to say s- sultry and <laughs> yeah, very manly yeah, and deep. And, narrate a book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Morgan Freeman. That's right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, my name is Andrew, and with me as always is Cameron. Good morning, everyone. And uh, yeah, this is episode 121. If you're new to the podcast, we record this roughly every week, except it's every other week, let's be honest, because mm-hmm. last week I, I joked because I was literally like, hey, I don't think I can record the podcast. <coughs> and if you don't know, I maybe have shared on here, my mom uh, oh, lost right. her voice like years ago from a botched surgery on her throat and can literally.
1: This ones for you mom
0: and I uh I joked I'm like is God punishing me for how often I make fun of my mom (laughs) even my kids as I'm like hey it's time to get ready for school they're like why are you doing an impression of Nina (laughs) you should have called her and had a good one I should have I'm like yeah yeah (laughs) solidarity mom um but yes today's topic is should be a good one Um, we want to talk about, and maybe I'll let you kind of flesh it sure. a little bit, but the idea of like, how, how do we as Christians, uh, or what does it look like to maybe admit that you were wrong about, a uh, strongly held belief or what does it look like even like over time for some of your convictions to change? I don't know. Like you want to yeah. add to that or?
1: Yeah. I think the, the notion came out of <clears throat> the season our church has been in where, uh, I think it was in the spring, we, or was spring, or, or, or late last year, where we started speaking about the idea of uh, there being convictions that are kind of like territorial or, or state boundaries, where like we don't we don't cross those because right. that would be the difference of of um, our understanding of salvation, and then so many other uh, topics <coughs> and perspectives that are more of those provincial uh, borders that. You could be a, an Albertan or, or or from BC, and and yeah, you're a little different, but yeah, yeah, all all is fine. Yeah, we're we're all Canadians in that in that sense.
0: So like divinity of Jesus, uh, that's right, absolutely. That's a that's uh, a
1: country boundary, yeah, but Jesus resurrected, uh, yeah, the gift of, of faith through repentance. We don't we don't touch those. Yeah, those are, those but like, are, like oh, what what the gifts, spiritual gifts, or, or you know grape juice versus wine, a community, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of these other things. Yep. Um. And then, so we were in that season, and then it kind of led into this idea of audiophora, that sermon where it was like, hey, listen, like where Paul was teaching about all of these different aspects of Christian life and how those shouldn't be the reasons why people are are divided. Yes, Um, right. But with that, I, I was thinking that we can actually swing to this idea of, well, everything now is like, let's just lovingly agree to disagree. Yep and i am concerned that that could be a default in your christian in our christian walk if we're not willing to engage in a difficult conversation where mm. respectfully we may leave with a changed perspective or at, or at the very least a an opportunity to go back and reevaluate and assess like what do i actually believe about this and and where does that belief come from uh, what part of my influence or environment Throughout my Christian journey, has allowed me to come to that space. Mm. And then um, I'd be curious, because it's something I've dealt with, if, if you or, or anyone listening has actually had that wow, I, I have a completely different thought process on this matter now. Yeah. Based on experience, based on uh, conviction from the Holy Spirit, the time spent in the Word, or maybe just the time spent around a different group of Christians. Because, yeah. Um, I think that for myself, much of my um, understanding was built on the foundation of a small uh, echo chamber of of folks speaking into me the way I was inserted into the Christian church, not even by choice as a child, Yep. and then of course grew up, Um, and I've I've shared before how the last four or five years has been incredibly freeing because um, I've had this opportunity to grow in a learning environment where it was okay to ask hard questions mm-hmm. questions of the bible things that just don't make sense where my uh faith journey has been we don't question any of those things or yeah, we disagree yeah, yeah. to disagree yeah um so i think that that's an, a neat conversation t- to have especially in the season we're in of i think folks saying well let's just a, uh, agree to disagree and never having a really deep or engaging conversation that could be difficult or, or leave your stomach in yep. a little bit of knots
0: yeah i think it's because we'll get into a few different things here, but like the idea of like admitting that, Oh, I may have been wrong about like, I don't, people don't like to do that because we just become very like entrenched in this is what I've always believed. And, and it can be a little, um, disorienting if it's like, I've believed this thing for 20 years and Oh, like maybe, maybe I was actually wrong about that. like, I remember there's a few uh, Bible project videos where Tim Mackey talks about like, he calls it a paradigm shift in your brain where you've thought one way and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what? Like, right. And he says it can be like very disorienting and almost like not panicking, but like it kind of shakes you a little bit being like, mm-hmm. oh man, like have the, has the way I've thought about things like been wrong? But I I think it's actually good because it shows like maturity and growth that you're like, oh, I can actually think maybe differently about things. One example that I thought of biblically uh, of the early church, perhaps like changing their mind about things, is when uh, Gentiles are now being saved. Hmm. And in Acts 15, they have this big Jerusalem council and Peter's there and Paul's there and they're sharing about here's all the things that God's doing among the Gentiles and they're being saved and they have the Holy spirit. Some of them are speaking in tongues. This is amazing. And so far everyone in the church is Jewish and they're kind of like, mm. and their conclusion then is like, okay, we want you to write the, write the Gentiles. And, um, th- let's just tell them a few things abstain from sexual morality. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll back up. This is acts 1529. Abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these things, you'll do well. Farewell. Uh, So basically they're like, okay, yeah, you Gentiles can be Christians. Don't eat anything with blood in it, which is kind of still Old Testament Mm -hmm. law. Don't eat anything that's been strangled. And then later on, we just saw in 1 Corinthians, Paul is just kind of like, yeah, you can eat meat, sacrificed to idols. As long as you're not worshiping the idol. That's right. Yeah. So I, I'm like, interesting. Paul agreed to this because he's there, and he's right. like, okay, seems good. But then later on, it's like I don't know if there's this growth, or it, it was this. Okay, we got to baby step this thing because like, right. they have to be a little bit Jewish, right, or yeah. like something like that. And then now it seems later on, Paul's like, no, you can actually eat meat sacrificed to idols. Just buy it from the market. Who cares? Like,
1: yeah, and we see disagreements with Paul throughout the New Testament, actually. Like, yeah. Again, in Acts 15, just sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas around just decisions around the missionary uh, Uh journey that they were about to embark on. And there's even um, a reference with Luke and Paul where Luke was like, not necessarily disagreeing, but questioning and maybe like realizing (laughs) that Paul's taking an an avenue that is not wrong. It's just one of those audiophora things, even in the early church, but probably still had him maybe do a half eye roll. (laughs) But... <laughs> um and we've shared before like i i actually think that <clears throat> if paul were narrating the end of all of his letters he'd be like guys like you know i wrote that like early yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and uh <laughs> I've used the metaphor before. Like if you're in university and you read the first paper of your first class, Oh man. The first year semester, you're like, what a dummy. Like I thought I knew everything, but that person four years ago yep. um, was just less aware of, Oh, um, I've
0: listened to my oh, sermons from 10 sure. years ago and I'm like, Oh goodness. <laughs> How great. could anyone be saying this? Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> but I just find it interesting. There's one example where um, the early church made a decision And Paul's there. And then later on, it seems like he was like, well, actually we were maybe wrong about that, like Mm -hmm. you can actually eat meat, sacrifice idols that he even says like, you don't even have to question, well, what if this meat's been strangled? But he's like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Just eat it. Like, so I just found that's interesting that you see in the new Testament there as people grow and. Whatever it's like, there it seems like Paul's mind maybe was changed, right. and he kind of went, "Okay, yeah, actually, what we what we decided at that council, uh, maybe we were a little bit too mm. strict. Like it's okay now." So, I don't know. There's this. Do you think it's a good thing? I, I, th- I think it's a good trait to like hold things kind of loosely, to th- like secondary sure. things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. not you know, is Jesus God. But to say, like,
1: I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. I think so. And I think um, <clears throat> if I were to kind of think about where the, f- where the source of that comes from, I would venture a guess that it's often in a um, highly educated author that, that you've really come accustomed to reading their work um, or a flavorful and engaging s- pastor or hometown, you know, like that person that's always been a shining mentor in your life who had a, or maybe it's John MacArthur and you've listened to um, the radio and and grace to you and you've read the books and, and I think we've touched on it before, but we often then uh, can be at risk of idolizing that individual Mm -hmm. and All. all of their ideas and all of their perspectives on everything non consequential. Yep. And then I think that is a risk because then any other idea you hold them through the filter of the lens of, well, you're not John MacArthur, so your opinion is not as... Heavy. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not as famous or, or, or as uh, tenured in, in that uh, yeah. thought process, so your opinion doesn't actually matter as much as theirs. Yeah. That's a really um, dangerous place to be in, I, I would argue, because... <clears throat> um, well, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also some yeah. of the most brilliant minds that I've ever experienced or, or heard people talk about are not famous. They're yeah. actually yep. quiet uh, men or women, uh, you know, after decades of thorough research who are providing an idea or, or a thought process yep. that is maybe uh, as far spread as their university or their seminary where they teach. Hmm. And, and, it's wild because, um, on all of these secondary issues, there's such a, there's such a opportunity missed if we are not, um, looking around and being willing to listen and, and like truly engage in a relationship or a thought process of, um, what can I learn yep. rather than I already know. Yep. Um, cause I think that just shuts off and that's maybe why sermons are, you know, you start sermons by praying that God would allow us to listen. Um, <laughs> and maybe remove that filter of our own ignorance disguises knowledge, yeah <laughs> on a, on a Sunday morning, for example, yeah, I think
0: you're you're onto to a few things here, yeah, we have our and Paul talks about that in first Corinthians, we have our favorite writers or preachers, and it's like whatever they say about a topic, that just is the truth, and if you would ever question like you know, what John MacArthur said about that, then like, whoa, are you even a Christian? Like, right. Uh, it's funny. I, I, there's been a few moments over Corinthians as I've been preaching that I've had conversations and I'm trying to remember how the person said it because you know, you have people that are fans of the way you preach and that's great. And I appreciate it. But there was one that I like must've said something that they disagreed with. Sure. And, uh, I can't remember how they said it, but it was almost like it was kind of like a uh, disorienting for them because so far, everything that Andrew said, I've agreed with sure. And he's great. And he's a great preacher. And then it was like this one thing. And you could tell that it was kind of like, I still like you as a preacher, but I disagree with you about that. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's right. fine.
1: Like, it's not a bad thing. So, and you know, it's funny people in <clears throat> the most famous pastors church who see them unfiltered every week. I would, bet anything although i don't gamble uh, <laughs> that they would experience something similar but you don't get that in the um, when i just youtube them every week or or yeah be- not only that because their their publications are edited oh sure <laughs> severely, yeah severely yeah and their um you know productions on television are edited and yeah yeah severely yeah so no uh team production team uh, million dollar teams, you know, a million-dollar production team is going to allow a very controversial flip. Yeah, yeah. Although these men, and and I don't know why I said John McCracken. I actually listened to his show for a long time because he's a gifted teacher. Yeah, totally. A gifted teacher with <clears throat> with depth of experience and, and, and knowledge. But I'm the first to admit he's not the only one by far. Yeah, totally. And some of his positions are incredibly thoughtful, but they don't take away from you know, this Danny Zacharias, this, this professor that I really admire also, who's probably, you know, uh, not as old, but just has spent as much time deep in the word and may have a different perspective. And I think that's why it's important to recognize those hints where even on a Sunday morning when you're preaching, um, you've said, you know, and I think what's happening here is this, and why do you start that sentence that way? It's because you've read the bible you've reflected on some commentaries you've done your research around a different a number of different thought processes yeah and then for you in your position here you have to land on what is this sh- what is this you know lesson uh teaching us and, and then i guess beyond that how is it applicable to fort st john for yeah 2023 yeah. yep. and so that's the difference and so i think some people forget that a biblical truth it, uh, never changes but then its application and the way it could be interpreted for a season or for a region uh differs yeah yeah,
0: yeah. do you think uh do you think most people read or listen to no people that <laughs> that they disagree with no yeah i think that's one of the problems is um we just listen to people or read people that will just automatically affirm my already held convictions, which is not, I'm not saying that's bad, but- It's not
1: helpful if you'd like to grow. Yeah, I think there's a, a so
0: even like there's two books on my desk that people have given to me. Sorry,
1: I take that back. You can grow. It's just a different, if if you're trying to grow- to understand and lovingly engage yeah. in conversation with the opposite, like viewpoint. I don't,
0: I don't mean yeah. like, yeah, go buy a heretical book and you'll grow. Like, no, right? If someone said, "Should I, should I read Bill Johnson's book about when heaven invades earth?" No, you shouldn't, because there's just not anything helpful in there. Mm-hmm. What I mean more is like people from uh, different—I hate saying camps, but different like
1: biblical world, tra- yeah, yeah, traditions
0: or things that, that they differ on you on secondary things. So I have like two books on my desk that I'm reading, uh, given to me by people who are like, oh, I think you should read this. And one's called River Dwellers, and it's written by a more charismatic guy about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I don't think there's a separate baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think it's a one-time thing. And this author would disagree. And I've read the book. I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, right. But I think we lots of Christians would just be like, well, I disagree with that. So I'm not going to read it. Right. And I'm like, well, it's good to actually, uh, be challenged. Yeah. I, I don't think I've changed my mind necessarily on that, but I'm like, he presented some interesting arguments. Like that's really helpful. You know, what's
1: an annoying challenge. If I can jump in is right now, last night I opened up a, um, a small, uh, assignment due for school. And it was like, here's a pretty, uh, controversial topic and um so just two paragraphs and in 400 words uh those of you with a student number ending in uh (laughs) an even number supports it (laughs) oh no uh disagrees with it and um with an odd number approves (laughs) write your argument and i of course yours was the opposite of yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I agreed with the statement. Now I have to disagree with it and provide rationale. That's interesting. And it's—I've shared it quite a while ago, but I've had a number of professors that are that from that very same thing. No, you're not going to read the Satanic Bible and defend it. No, of course but not. But there are these items where it just rubs you the wrong way as a Christian because forever you held this conviction. But what it does is it forces you to not surrender your conviction, but to appreciate and understand how a person in the other camp may feel that same conviction. And if nothing else, it allows you to realize the humanity behind some of these convictions, because often we, we even idolize and we almost, um, enshrine our convictions as holy. Yeah. and, And we are afraid to poke at them a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other book is someone gave it to me called women in ministry. Um, Because yeah, if you, I think most people listening would be unaware, but like there's some, not arguing, but there's just some conversations over, you know, should, should we call women pastors or elders in the church or not? Or what does the Bible say about that? And, uh, you know, I have my convictions, but this person was like, I'd like you to read that. I think it might, uh, just be an interesting point of view. And I'm like, yeah, totally. I'd love to read that. And I think it's coming from the perspective of, Hey, biblically, maybe, There's room to say that women can be pastors and elders and I haven't finished it, but, uh, I'm like, of course I'll read it Mm -hmm. because I think that's great. I'd love to, I'd love to be challenged in Mm -hmm. the way I'm thinking. But I think, yeah, most Christians are like, I have my conviction about this. A lot of times it's like, because I read that book by that pastor, I really like, and he supports what I think. And now it's like, I don't ever want to be challenged in that because it's wrong. And I don't want to change my convictions about it. And, and it's like, I'm, I'm going to read these books and I don't know if my convictions will change, but I've always enjoyed being like, huh, that's actually like a really good argument. I've never thought about it that way. Or I read a book years, uh, not years ago, maybe two years ago, uh, called, uh, slaves, women, and homosexuals, mm. and it was, again, an argument about women's roles in the church and leadership, but it came from a, a really interesting perspective of, okay, let's look across the Bible, Old Testament into the New Testament, what the Bible says about slavery, and let's say see what the Bible says about homosexuality, and then about women in ministry, and that he was kind of using it to compare. It was just interesting. I'm like, never... Never thought about it like that Huh Interesting So I don't know It's just
1: But most people don't <clears throat> Do that And that's been A real struggle of mine On some issues That I've been asked To form an opinion on it's because Far too often I see opinions being formed On one track thinking hmm. Like you've only ever had The one experience And I shared with a A few people Not long ago That It's so frustrating Because I don't have the time <coughs> In my per- the, the design of my personal life right now to explore that fully, which means uh, a list of four books <laughs> that I would like. Because one thing that I do appreciate and actually my wife gets really frustrated by is that, you know, if something is presented, I have my leaning, my my personal conviction. But I can appreciate that before I provide my assessment, I'd have to explore the yeah. other side because yeah. that's, that's fair and right. But... I don't think that's common. I don't think it's very hmm. popular. It's just you... Yep, I heard it on the radio. I heard it in my church growing up. I, I read the all of the blogs, but you've never explored what could be the argument. Hmm. Uh, what could be the other perspective, the, the other deeply held conviction? Yep. Now, I don't believe uh, you have to do that for everything, but I think that if you are asked... Uh, and, I, and maybe it f- feeds back into, like, how do you, like, if you're asked about your thoughts on healing or or your thoughts on any other matter, how do you appreciate the other listener? And you don't have to go and, and f- you know, go to their church for 20 years to kind of get a feeling or perspective of where they've been from. But yeah. I think that the very least, like, the, the first step could just be to actually listen without you know, allowing your mind to defend every thought or to already hmm. prepare your response. And yep, I mean, that's active listening should be that ability to turn off your own <laughs> defense yep. mechanisms and, and appreciate it. And then, yeah, you may agree to disagree, but uh, for you, have there ever, have you had any kind of those like, oh, wow, yep, I need to reevaluate and, and maybe I've changed changed direction on a, on a thought? Bi- oh, yeah. Um, based on something that someone's presented to you in a different light?
0: Uh, yep. I think I can think of a few. I think um, years ago, I probably uh, would have said that I was a cessationist, hmm. meaning I thought, you know, some of the more sign gifts, miraculous gifts didn't exist today. I would have probably just from listening to uh, or reading preachers or speakers that were that way. Right. Uh, Like a John MacArthur, who was a cessationist who I would say, yeah, I don't think the gift of prophecy or tongues or healing or kind of the more miraculous gifts aren't for today. Um, And then I think as I actually just more read the, the Bible on its own, instead of this person's interpretation, Mm -hmm. I started going, I actually don't think you can make a really strong, biblical case for it there's nowhere in the bible that says like these gifts stopped right uh there's just not there's no verse there's no explanation for that
1: well i think you touched on it this past sunday yeah how that confusion may arise
0: so i remember i can't remember exactly when but then i just started going huh maybe my initial belief of like oh yeah those gifts stopped was just a reaction to the like abuse of all of those gifts and like the craziness that I'm like, I don't think that's God doing that. That Mm -hmm. seems really bizarre. And I I had to check myself and go, okay, am I just like knee jerk reaction to need, having a knee jerk reaction to the abuse of it? And then just saying, okay, then they don't exist. And I thought, and I remember, I remember a process of going, yeah, I think that's why I said that. And then as I started looking into what exactly those gifts are, I went, I think those still exist today. So my mind's changed on that. Like
1: right.
0: uh that was one. Uh I think also maybe uh this would probably be fifteen years ago, uh, if you would have said like, you know, on the on the spectrum, are you more um Calvinist or Arminian? I would have said, Oh, I probably lean towards more like Arminian, you know, ultimate free will. Right blah, blah, blah. God's kind of hands off. And, uh, and then I started reading guys that I've never read before and more reformed type theology. And just, I remember that was kind of like, oh man, like maybe I've been a little bit wrong about that. Like maybe God is more sovereign and in control than I thought and trying to balance out, you know, our free will and God's sovereignty. And that was probably near the end of my time at my last church uh right. so ten twelve years ago or whatever, and I remember i i having some moments of like I think I've been wrong about that i think mm-hmm. I think uh we wouldn't choose God if he didn't choose us interesting like so there's a few that yeah uh
1: how about you i think <clears throat> well similarly <coughs> to the last uh point you made, but my of course upgrading until like I was twenty four years old was that the Bible was all for me. Everything related to uh, okay. how yeah. it could benefit you. Yeah, But we never talked about anything wrong because that is hard to explain, which I think was part of the argument that many struggled with on God's sovereignty because yeah. the opposite of God being in control is God allowing some dark times to, yeah, yeah, to right. happen, right? <laughs> Heaven forbid he were to ever send plagues. Like that, yeah. that, that's not possible. Um, <laughs> And I'm being facetious, but really it was a slow um, learning on like when faced with some new uh, opportunity to reflect on scripture and realize the the there and then of the writing and the application for like here and now in the Bible, because I remember going through this uh, phase of a few years where... I actually swung the pendulum maybe opposite, uh, and and to not a great degree either. Where it's like we're all just you know, the worst can happen because uh, that was then and this is now. And 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 I actually struggled with like realizing the application of today and and the promise of forever. So I kind of like went from the Bible's all for me for to like the opposite, like the Bible's all for them. Uh, okay. And here I am, just a yeah, which was terrible. Also, um, yeah, but probably about ten. Fifteen years ago, I felt like I started to get a little more balanced in the fact that, like, uh-huh. yeah, these broken, sinful human beings that we've often idolized mm-hmm. were um, listening to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and writing scripture and documenting their life and, and taking oral tradition and history and and, and you know, I, I appreciate the, the even thinking through the prophets of like, I could just imagine their their the stress of seeing their brothers and sisters making such terrible mistakes and feeling the conviction of the Lord uh, and that desire and need to run into the camp and say, guys, remember? Yeah. uh, And so when I started thinking about the Bible in such a real way like that, I thought like, um, it just, I don't know. It became far more alive when I started breaking it down to, and, and some people, you get a little weird when you start talking about the humanness of the Bible, and just the reality of the people. Because, you may, I may not be alone. Where you just idolize these biblical writers, and we forget that uh, sin is natural, and you're born into uh, enemies of God. Well, not these guys. The, the, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I think that was the biggest thing, and in in, uh, and I've shared before, but the most recent one is just my perspective on healing, and and um, you know, being called to heal for uh, pray for the sick, and and. Uh, I, of course my faith tradition said like here and now and come to the, the throne yes. of boldness and not realizing the boldness is knowing that Christ can and, and will and, and even if he doesn't so I think Daniel 3 in that whole story was the most pivotal uh, reshaping of my uh, theology around right. God's intervention it's like he is or he was he is uh, and he will do and even if he doesn't like he still was and is and will ever be right yes. God and so Again, just having a better understanding of his sovereignty and my place in it, I think yep. has been the biggest.
0: Um, yeah, I'm. I'm glad learning. you. I'm glad you brought up the Bible one because I I remember too growing up, my thinking was the Bible kind of just like, floated down from heaven, right, and it was perfect and there's obviously zero mistakes, and, you know, people were kind of like possessed by the Holy Spirit to write these. And then I, I remember there's a few spots, you know, the end of Mark, uh, John, John chapter 8 in my Bible that I would notice that it, it was in brackets and the little note said, uh, most manuscripts don't have this. Right. And I remember that right. was kind of like, uh, what, there was a mistake? Right. And then you start learning about manuscripts and how the Bible came to us and actually the, the earliest and the best manuscripts we have don't have John eight right. that may have been added in later. And I remember that that didn't actually make me for some people. They're like, then I can't trust the Bible. Right. And I'm like, no, actually it makes the Bible that more miraculous. Yeah. Right. There, there is, there's even, it's even this week in our, um, our passage for Sunday, 1 Corinthians 14, where it says uh, <clears throat> it's a small one, but um, thus tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Well, prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. And the little, uh, you know, little uh, footnote Mm -hmm. says uh, the Greek lacks the word a sign. So really, if you would read just the original, it would say tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. While prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. There's no sign. And I I went and looked online at this website that I have that shows the exact Greek. I'm like, they're right. Interesting. Like... Tra- translators yeah. added that word in and some people will be like, <gasps> <Sure. laughs> they've, they've toyed with And I'm like, no, actually that's really honest and interesting that like, yeah. so anyway, I remember that kind of changed my view of how we got our Bible. Still think it's the inspired word of God, but yeah. does it bother me that there's like little scratch marks and mistakes in early manuscripts? Nope.
1: 'Cause it's a story. And and that's what's beautiful. And I had a couple of professors who would have us read other manuscripts and of course Dead Sea Scrolls and you're learning about all these other people groups around the time paralleled with Christ. And it's they're not calling it holy scripture. They're saying, hey, this is really interesting writing. Sure. That uh those in the can uh when you know the canon was formed, they would have had to decide it's <coughs> you know, it's access to Christ for lack of better uh terminology. And they just decided that wasn't, you know Yeah part and parcel but it's still super interesting to read sure because it's history and I and I really just love history of the region and it's interesting to think that a group of men prayerfully inspired by the Holy spirit decided like hey this letter closely relates to Christ and it and it makes sense to include yeah and this one doesn't and I'm yeah. like, well, how do numbers make the cut? You don't like uh, or uh, Or other books. Um, but, but then I believe that brings just life and fullness to the Bible uh-huh. and, and appreciating that it's just so diverse and so many hands made it come together that I think that it's okay to question those things. And it actually brings f- much more life than, like you said, well, maybe not, like you said, in the sense of floated down from heaven because if people do hold that idea then it is pretty pretty holy and they would be afraid of of questioning anything yeah yeah so i guess we're not you know i don't know i also can appreciate those that are frustrated by someone that questions every single thing um or just picks apart another person's perspective for the sake of arguing because i've been really frustrated when i've presented my thought and someone said well I disagree and they poke and they poke and they poke but i I know they just don't care yeah to learn it's almost like they're just poking for a hole in my thought process yeah uh, don't be that kind of, <laughs> yeah don't be that kind of person but I know you've said before and um you know any of the elders would agree if someone comes and they they really have something they're wrestling with that you've said either on the pulpit or or a decision or direction the church has gone like it's okay to unpack that yeah but don't calm expecting perfect thought yeah you know um part of decision making um yeah part of decision making in a church as it's been for history is prayerfully considering what god is doing balancing convictions against each other yeah uh, circling through that and um you know if you could be a fly on the wall in some of the elders meetings that happen here is very much the same there's a lot of dis- <laughs> maybe sometimes mm-hmm. uh <laughs> there's just a lot of discussion. There's a lot of room for, um, there's a lot of room to see how God is speaking to each person. And I can, mm. I, I can almost envision, um, you know, in the early churches form these, these rooms that they're having where these arguments or disagreements are happening. It's like, guys, I don't think that's what, you know, Yeah. that's, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. And, um, that's not changed. And yeah. I think it's okay.
0: Yeah. I think, <clears throat> to kind of give some application type things. I think it's, I think it shows maturity if you can be someone that is open to hearing uh, opinions or positions that you disagree with. I think it's a sign of like immaturity when you're like, no, it's wrong, I'm not willing to hear your side and blah, 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 blah. I think that's, I think it's maturity to just be able to, oh man, yeah, share your point of view, please. I wanna learn. And again, it's not saying that we'll be wishy washy and every other week, I changed my mind about it. Really? I changed my mind about it. no because I think there's been a few times where my entire mindset has been changed. Mm-hmm. But there more it's just learning to appreciate other points of view. Um, I think it actually helps um Christianity can be like very tribal, you right? Like we're this is our point of view. And, mm-hmm. You know, that's why I specifically said uh, that a few Sundays ago when I was talking about uh, some things that I think the Pentecostal Church has gotten wrong. I specifically said there are brothers and sisters. I don't think that they're not Christians. I just think they're wrong. So I think being willing to like.
1: But it's okay to say, like, I think they're wrong. And I'm deeply concerned that, you know, and it doesn't have to just be Pentecostals, but you could see someone being wrong on a non salvation <coughs> issue, but the concern sure, yeah, is that many who follow that could, yep, start down a path that it would might be a little bit of a slippery slope, sure, in a number of ways. Or the deep concern is that they're missing out on the fullness of the gospel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, and so, yeah, it's like deeply saddening to see someone who may be losing an opportunity to experience the gospel mm. in a fuller or a different way because maybe they're stuck in that stream.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I would say, I, w- I would encourage everyone to read or listen to people with different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I do, I think I hear from lots of people that you have your one preacher that you listen to. Nobody else. And it's like, again, I'm not telling you go listen to heretics cause it's great and false teachers. No, of course no. not. But there's lots of really gifted authors and preachers and speakers that, uh, come from different camps and different points mm-hmm. of view. And I think it's really healthy to, I'm going to listen to a sermon from someone that I don't normally listen to mm-hmm. and that's okay because. If all you ever do is listen to someone who's going to just agree with your already held ideas, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing, but it can be dangerous because then yeah. you're never challenged about anything. Like, I think that's why uh, seminary was really good because I went to a seminary that was made up of six seminaries, all mm-hmm. different denominations. So I'm in classes with Lutherans and Pentecostals and Baptists mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And then you hear all these different perspectives and it, yeah. it was yeah. actually really good. So I would encourage people if you say, uh, well, I have this position, uh, about women in ministry, read a book th- of the opposite position. Yeah. It's really helpful. Like, Or even
1: if you're that <coughs> into studying one thing seminary has done, which is amazing is offer access to a digital theological library. Yeah. DTLs are often called. And you can actually subscribe without applying to go to seminary to, to get a a degree. Um, you can uh, audit a, a class, but what that does is allows you access to a digital theological library that is not published books by Zondervan that are for, right. for, for large scale marketing. <clears throat> uh, access to theological papers that are peer reviewed, which yeah. means you know, in the course I'm in, I don't if I want to go to PhD studies. <coughs> I don't get a mark and then can you publish a paper? Three PhDs have to read that work and, and accept an argument. And so right. then it, it becomes a lot more um, credible in my mind than even some published books, because if you have money, anyone will publish your thought. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to run your thought by any kind of filter. And so that would be, like, commentaries are really good for that. Peer-reviewed articles or 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 papers or thoughts that have gone through a bit of a filtering process mm-hmm. rather than just who has fifty thousand dollars to publish a book <laughs> and get it on uh, new york times bestseller through amazon I don't, yeah, yeah yeah it's not very difficult it's yeah. Just expensive yeah um thank you for your tithe <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that would be my encouragement if you are interested in like deeper study just reading um peer-reviewed papers, theological yeah. papers on different topics. It's really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, even, like, that's a great example, because even... If when, you want to nerd out on <laughs> you want to nerd out, man. Some people are like, I don't have time for that. you know, like, yeah, fair enough. But even when we were uh, going through 1 Corinthians 11 and the head covering passage, uh, I had a few people send me, like, theological papers about different points of views or different podcasts, and it was really interesting <laughs> from every perspective, from all women should wear head coverings all the time, and here's why I think the Bible says that. Great. Right. To like, it's ridiculous. No one should wear head coverings. Right. And I'm like, great. And then you kind of.
1: Let's land in the middle. Let's land in th- the
0: middle. Thick headband. <laughs> thick headband. Yes, there we go. Exactly. Let's let's split the difference here. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully this has been helpful or interesting. I think uh, I think lots of Christians don't delve into this kind of territory because it's just kind of like. No, I got my convictions and I don't want to be, and just, I think it's good to be challenged uh, in what you believe yeah. and to read different points of view. Not that, again, you have to change your perspective, but it's good to just know, oh, okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a really good argument. Interesting. Uh, so hopefully that's been helpful and interesting. Again, if you uh, if you ever have questions or topics you want us to cover, You can email me or send me a message and uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week.